Hi, everybody. It's Russell, and thank you very much for listening. It's been a fantastic year for my podcast. A lot of you have been following along on the journey as we concluded the uh, the Dark Elf trilogy and started along the Crystal Shard, first book in the Icewind Dale trilogy. Uh, it's been great. A lot of you have reached out to me, either with a voice message through Anchor or uh, an email, with some very kind words telling me how much you're enjoying the podcast. And uh, every single time I get one of those, it truly makes me smile. So thank you very much again. But it's the holidays, so I wanted to have some fun. So this is kind of like a bonus episode of the podcast. It has nothing to do with Drizzt or any of the Dark Elf books. It is simply a Christmas story. It's a story that I think you guys might enjoy. It's called The Winter Cherries, a story from Arthurian legend and mythology, originally transcribed and performed by the very great storyteller Odds Bodkin. So all credit for the story, 100% goes to him. Odds Bodkin, thank you very much. But enough of me yammering on. So let's get to the story. Ladies and gentlemen, the Winter Cherries. Kraris! Kraris, where are you? Kraris! I don't understand this here in the hole. Where is that wife of mine? Sir Cledges, a knight of the realm, made his way across his deserted feasting hall as the winter winds blew outside. He wondered why his wife, Dame Claris, had not piled the extra firewood. Why, it was always at this time of year when they began to make preparations for the feast, where the little children of the poor people came and were given gifts and celebrated Christmas Eve with the old couple. Claris, all this makes no sense at all. He entered his bedchamber. There was his wife, Dame Claris, whom he'd loved for fifty years. Oh, Claris, oh... I couldn't help but notice that there's no preparations in the feasting hall. Have you forgotten? I'm afraid I haven't. Well, you better hurry. The children, the children. Seat yourself, husband. What is the trouble? Well, it's just that all these years we've been so generous... I'm afraid that we've given away all that we have. No, no, no. Oh, that's a silly thing. I'm afraid we've got no more to give. You mean we're poor as well? No. I'm afraid we are. But the little children, they sit on my knee. I love that. Husband, I was thinking, the king, Uther, the high king at Cardiff. They say every Christmas Eve, the poor people can come and ask a boon of him, and he grants boons to them. I, 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 I could not. I could not go to Uther. Uther, my old friend... I saved his life, but that was forty years ago. (laughs) I doubt he'd even remember me. Oh, I I, I could not go. 
you could go disguised as a farmer. You would not have to tell him who you are. Ah, now hold on. Oh, but there's no gift to give. I could not go to my old friend Uther Pendragon, the High King of England, and bring him a paltry gift. I could not. Oh, I've got to go. Old Sir Cledgers walked out into the falling snow. He watched as the flakes danced about the barren branches of an old cherry tree, and he knelt in the snow. Oh, Lord, I'm old. I've not got many more years to give. All I want to do is spend the rest of my days just giving it all away. Help me, Lord. And all at once, upon the boughs of the trees, a silver light began to pour out and away into the swirling snow. The silver light, as if it were alive, swept down the branches to the trunk and melted the snow about the trunk of the tree. Oh, oh uh, it's, it's, it's magic. It's, it's magic. Clarus, Clarus, magic. In awe, the old man stood back and watched as out from the branches popped tiny green leaves, and from between the leaves, beautiful little pink and white flowers emerged, pushing their petals forth until the petals shuddered, fell to the snow, and from between them grew cherries. Clarus! What is it? Clarus, look! Look there! It's a miracle! Cherries! Midwinter cherries, woman! Do you realize what this is? I do not. This is the gift for Uther. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Ha! I'll go to Cardiff. Oh, um, I'll need me walking staff and my robe and my boots. I'm going to the castle at Cardiff. If I go on foot, I shall just have enough time to arrive by Christmas Eve. <laughs> and pack those cherries in a basket. Pack them in a basket. I'm going to Cardiff. Old Sir Cledges set out. His boots splashed in the half-frozen mud as he made his way into the forest. He walked for a day, then two, and then three. In one hand he held his staff, a great staff of oak. In his other hand he held the basket. Over the magical cherries of midwinter, Dame Clarice had draped a beautiful green cloth. And as he made his way through the forest, the old knight thought of his life long gone by. He thought of how, once while he, Uther Pendragon, and the other lords of England had fought the Saxons. But there had been a terrible battle upon a hill. The young high king had stood, swinging his long sword. A huge yellow-haired Saxon had run up behind him with a battle-axe and had raised it to strike down the king. But Cledges, a young man then himself, and with his sword, felled the man and had saved the high king's life. Oh, but, hell, that was a long time ago. <laughs> oh, he saved his life, but, well, I doubt he'll remember. It will be terrible. I won't 
tell him who I am. Still, I could not stand it if he doesn't remember me. Two days later, Sir Cledges emerged from the forest. A field covered with small burning fires in the snow greeted his eyes. In amongst the fires were ox carts and piles of rags, but not a soul in sight. They'd all gone in. For beyond the fires, gray against the gray sky of dusk, loomed the great castle at Cardiff, home of the High King. With thoughts of his old friend Uther Pendragon in his heart, Sir Cledges walked up to the oaken door in the outer wall of the castle, and with his staff, banged upon it. <coughs> a tiny window behind the metal grate slid open, and out looked a squinched face. Who goes there? What you want? Um, I'm a farmer. I've come for Christmas Eve. I've got a gift for my king. Go away, old man. You realise how many farmers have darkened this door this night? Farmers here, farmers there. Look at your boots. You did not ride. You're a muddy old man. Go away. And the little window slid shut. Oh, now wait a moment there. I'll knock again. <coughs> Once again, the little window slid open and the man looked out. I thought I told you to go away, old man. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm but a farmer, but I've brought a gift for me king. Tis a magical gift, a gift of beautiful Christmas Eve. What is it? Here, look you, cherries, mid-winter cherries. Oh, wait a moment here. <coughs> The door was flung wide, and there stood the man with his hand on the hilt of his sword. Oh, look at that now, eh? Cherries. I dare say the king will be most generous with you. Very well, old man. You may pass. But before you go, you must promise me something. Oh, well, I'll be glad to. Tis Christmas Eve. You must promise to give me... One third of whatever boon the king grants you. You give it to me on your way out. What? One third? Now wait a moment here. Tis the right of every Englishman to visit Uther Pendragon on Christmas Eve. I don't care who's right it is. One third, old man. Or you don't pass. One third. Hmm. Tis not right, you. You're a knave, you are. But I want to see my king this night. Very well, then. You've got me word. One third for you. Now let me by. Move. Let me by. Go on. Sir Cledges made his way across the drawbridge, beneath the teeth of the great portcullis and into a dark hallway where the torches flamed. He came to a door. The door was made of maple, and upon it were bosses of brass and filigrees in the shape of a lion. He knocked upon it, and it opened up, and there stood a tall man dressed in green and gold. Stop there, you. Where do you think you're going? Oh, well, um, I'm a farmer, and I'm going to the feasting hall to meet the king. Oh, you're not going anywhere, farmer, pond hopper. How dare you come in here? 
but it's Christmas Eve. All the farmers are permitted to come in, are they not? Farmers! I'm so tired of farmers! Go away! Go away! No, no, you've got to let me pass. I've come a long way. I don't care how far you come. Go away! Wait. I've got a gift for me, king, such as you've never seen. Look here. Once again, Sir Kledges drew away the green mantle upon the impossible red cherries of winter, and there they sat in the basket, gleaming before the man's eyes. He was surprised. Ooh, ho, 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 look at that! Ho, 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 cherries! Ho, ho, well, well, well! I dare say the king will be most generous with you. You may pass, of course. Oh, well, thank you. But, um, wait a moment. I'm not greedy. You must promise me one-third of whatever boon the king gives you, you give to me. Oh, now wait a moment. Wait a moment. There was another fellow at front. I don't care who you spoke to, sir. Oh, one-third, or you will not pass by this door. Hmm. One-third. Two-thirds. Uh, you're a navyar. But I've got to get in. Very well, then. One-third of the boon that I receive. I give you my word. Ho! Go, then. Sir Kledges made his way down another hall. He felt his oaken staff firmly in his grip, and into a part of the castle where the great tapestries hung against the walls he passed. The wind passed through all the hallways in this part of the castle, making the tapestries lift away from the stone walls like they were dancing. He walked until he came to a great door made of cherry wood, and upon the door were filigrees of gold and bosses, and there was a shape of a dragon, and he knew, beyond that door, lay the feasting hall. He was about to open it, when out from behind the tapestry stepped a tall man. He promptly put his hand before Sir Kledge's face. Stop. Where do you think you're going? Um, I'm going through that door. No, you're not. You're turning around and going back from where you came. Oh, please. I've come such a long way. Uh, I've got a gift for the king. Oh, yes, your gift. All the people have brought gifts. Pathetic little gifts. And the king in his largesse gives them boons. I don't like it. Go away, go away. Please, I've got to see the king. Tis Christmas Eve. Have pity on me. Tis Christmas Eve. Hmm. No. Turn around. Go back. But I've got a gift for the king, such as you've never seen. Please, look here. They're cherries. They're mid-winter cherries. Sir Kledges showed the miraculous fruits to the man, who suddenly changed his tune. Well, look at that. Hmm, cherries. Cherries. Miracle in midwinter. I dare say the king will be most generous to you, bringing cherries of all things. Very well, old man. You may pass here. Oh, <laughs> thank you. But a moment. You must promise me one-third. That's all, just one-third of whatever the king gives to you. 
you must give to me on your way out. Ho, 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 ho. Ah, I understand now. Foolish old man that I am. Of course, a third for you, fine sir. So this is how it is, is it? In the late years, in the castle of the High King. Very well, then. One third for you. Now let me buy. Go on. Into the feasting hall he walked. A young woman swirled by him with a pewter plate high above her head, mugs of ale and mead sloshing as she made her way into the throng. There were dogs fighting for bones beneath the tables. People laughed and toasted. Mummers flipped their way between the tables, their ribbons and bells following them as they went. But all Sir Cledges, as he joined the line of peasants, had eyes for, was for one person. There, across the throng, grizzled and old, was Uther Pendragon, the High King of England. Oh, Uther! <laughs> oh, I cannot let you know who I am, but it does my heart good to see you. The High King toasted, holding his ale aloft. Merry Christmas, everyone! <laughs> well, yes, some. Um, who's here? Yes, there's another farmer. And you've brought your king a gift, have you? <laughs> For a boon? Well, what is it? A stale crust of bread. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you very much. Merry Christmas, and you shall get a boon commensurate with your gift. Uh, maybe a little bit better, yes? <laughs> Go and sit and fill your stomach. And uh, who's next? Who's next? Sir Cledges walked along as the line of peasants slowly approached the throne, and his heart swelled as he saw the mannerisms of his old friend. He adjusted his hood over his head to try and cover of as much of his face as he could, and he gripped his staff a little too hard, until at last he knelt before the king. Well, what do we have here? Uh, look here, we have a doughty farmer. Uh, look at the shoulders on this one, eh? <laughs> well, you're as strong-looking as I am, or once was at some point, I suppose. Uh, what have you brought for me today? What have you brought for your king, eh? What have you got in that basket there? Oh, um, your majesty, I've brought a gift equal to your greatness. Here. Cherries. Mead winter cherries, my liege. The king was astonished. What are these? Cherries? <laughs> but it's midwinter. It's impossible. And yet, here they are before me. May I try one? They're all for you, your majesty. Let me try one here, then. <gasps> cherries! <laughs> the room fell silent. Uh, here, listen, everyone, listen. Uh, this farmer has brought us cherries in midwinter. <laughs> well, a fine boon I'll grant you, I dare say. And uh, Well, pass them around, pass them around, but <laughs> save most of them for me. <laughs> and you there, farmer, uh, do I know you? No, no, I, I do not know you. Well, go fill your stomach and then come back and ask your king for a boon. Sir Cledges sat and filled his stomach with bread and soup and meat and he wondered what it was he should ask of the High King. Uther had not recognized him. He was but a farmer. At last his turn came, 
and he returned to before the mighty monarch. Well, now, here's our doughty farmer. Look at that, eh? <laughs> the one who brought the cherries. <laughs> well, I'm exceedingly pleased with your gift, and as a generous boon, I will grant you anything you ask. Go ahead, anything at all. Just pass me more of that mead. Anything at all. Um, <clears throat> your majesty. <sighs> I would ask, as me boon, for the right with me staff here to deliver... Twelve blows upon the head in your castle this night were their most deserved. What? No, that's brawling. We can't have that here. It's, it's Christmas Eve. Ask for something else. Your Majesty, that is the boon I asked for and you said you'd give me anything I wanted. Well, I don't like that. Your Majesty, there is wickedness afoot in your castle this night. What? There's no wickedness afoot in the castle at Cardiff. Your Majesty, please, if you don't believe me, send two or three men whose ears and eyes you trust, and let them hear and see what is done and what is said. Well, I don't like it, but you, you and you, come here. Follow this old farmer. I think he's a bit daft. See where he goes and what he does. Don't be seen. Yes, Your Majesty. Followed by the knights, Sir Cledges made his way across the throng. He stood before the cherry door and winked at them. Right, now, just listen and watch. And don't be seen. He opened the door. The knights slid in behind him and hid behind a tapestry. From the other side, there came forth the tall man. Well, look here. What have we got here? The farmer. The farmer with the cherries. Slipping out quickly, are we? Thought I wouldn't be here, didn't you? Well, no. So you remember, you promised me one-third. One-third of whatever boon the king gives to you, you promised to me. So, give me my third. <laughs> with pleasure. Oh, oh dear, what are you? Oh, what are you doing? Ah, damn that stuff! And the proud man ran off to tell the king about the madman in the castle. The knights had overheard and nodded. Right, this way. They came to the next door, and there stood the next man. Oh, ho, 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 ho. you've got your boon, haven't you? Ho, ho, ho. One third, remember, you promised to me, so give it to me, old man. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> There's another. <laughs> and the man ran away to tell the king that there was a madman in the castle. They walked out to the outer wall, and there was the last one. Oh, well, what we got here? Old man what promised me one-third of his golden silver for them cherries. Give me my boon, old man. With his first blow, Sir Cledges knocked away the man's sword. Yeah, what are you doing? There you are, and now I'm here. Oh, oh, you're strong. And here. And with one final blow, the man ran into the castle. 
the knights had seen all, and they understood. And they followed old Sir Cledges as he walked back into the feasting hall. But the king was listening. Behind him stood the three knaves. They were whispering in his ear. He did what, did he? He struck you, did he, for, for no reason? Well, I don't... Uh, there's that farmer. Bring that farmer here. Sir Cledges made his way across the throng, followed by the three knights. The three knights quickly ran up behind the king and began to whisper into his ear. He did what? You saw this? One third, did he? Or each of them? What? And the king turned and looked at the three guards. So, this is how it is, is it? In the castle of the high king, is it? On Christmas Eve, never again. So therefore you and you and you henceforth forever are banished from England and never return or forfeit your lives. The three men ran out, never to be seen again. But then the king angrily turned to Sir Cledges. Now there you... You're no farmer. From what my knights tell me, you handle your staff as it were a broadsword. You're a stout man-at-arms. Who are you? You cannot lie to your king. And poor Sir Cledges, afraid of nothing more than Uther not remembering him, simply said, Your Majesty, I am Cledges. Your Majesty, Cledges. And the king flew through his mind, through the days of his reign, to a hilltop surrounded by Saxons and his lords, and he heard behind him, and saw a great yellow-haired Saxon fall, and a young man standing, grinning funny. Cletches? Cletches, that's you? Oh, <laughs> stand up, man! Do not kneel before me! I owe you my life. Oh, what a gift. What a gift for Christmas Eve. Oh, an old friend, embrace me. Oh, <laughs> embrace me, embrace me. Oh, how, how long has it been? And, 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 and what was her name? Your, your wife? Yes, Clarice. Clarice, uh, she still lives? Yes, oh, she still lives. You're so lucky. <laughs> You're so lucky. We're the only ones left, you know. We're the only ones left. Long into the night, the two friends talked. Slowly, the flames from the fireplaces died to a glow on the dogs' backs. And so Christmas Eve passed, and the two old warriors shared their lives, and they too fell asleep. The next day, Sir Cledges rode home. Following him was an ox-cart laid with gold and silver, furs and gems. A boon from an old friend. And for the rest of their days, he and his wife, Dame Clarice, had plenty of gold and plenty of silver to give away to the small children on Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, everybody. Thank you again for listening, and... Safe travels in 2022. Take care.